Southern Vanguard Radio. This is DJ John Doe, and to the left of me is my man. Yeah, I think you I needed to it. do that. That's, think, what, that's what we needed I to do. I think you needed to do that, man. I had to kick get that, that cough get your out. shit straight, man. Oh, this is Cappuccino, by the way. Hello, everyone. Good, n- good morning, good night, whatever it is for you. <laughs> Big homie, what's happening? Uh, not much, man. The house is, it's a full house tonight. Yeah, we got a full house. I mean, man. we don't have everybody mic'd up, but. Um, we got a full house, full bar. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is what got me worked up. Pocket no. brought that uh, 10 year uh, bullet in here and uh, man, got me fucked up. It's pretty nice, too. Good choice, <laughs> sir. <coughs> oh, man. Let's go and get the birthday shout outs already out for P.O. Is there a big P.O.? DJ Birthday Pocket. week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you yeah, see yeah. him out in the street, slap him. <laughs> and buy him a drink afterwards, man. It'll be all good. You can't miss him if he's walking down the street and the Hell shit he's got nice. on today. Big, big orange-ass fucking Timberland sweatsuit Hell shit. Nah, Came straight, straight like from a, a fucking University of Tennessee game. He con- wasn't in Baltimore this past week. Of a construction cone. <laughs> 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 Drive around his Word. ass. Can't miss him. Or then got the homies Heem Stogie and J fifty seven in the Stogie house. Heem Stogie and J fifty seven. Yeah, they just they just dropped a fucking flamethrower on us last week. Yup. Yeah, man, I I got in some jigga jiggas on that joint yeah, too yeah. with ill conscious. Yeah, yeah. Woo, straight fire. So. Okay. So anyway, so make sure you uh, check out episode two thirty four. Two thirty four. Yep. And uh, you know, we'll have Heem and Jay on, and Pocket will be cutting up, playing a bunch of new joints and shit too. So. No doubt. How was your week, Meeks? Man, um, pretty lightweight, man. Um, I only had to work up to Wednesday. Oh, that's um, right. You off tomorrow too, right? Yeah, I'm off tomorrow too. Oh, so you kicking back? Yeah, I'm kicked back, man. I'm looking forward to smoking big weed tomorrow. Oh, <coughs> uh, <coughs> I can't wait. I can't wait. That's your some, one and only plan tomorrow. That's that's it. That's it. I mean, I did I did some some chores. I kind of shook off. What you dealing with over here with this cough, man? I appreciate you stop coughing in my direction. I'm trying, um, but uh, but yeah, tomorrow is a smoke day, so all right, beautiful. I'm chilling. Yeah, I don't go right back after holidays. I usually get a day or two in for myself, um, but that's about it, man. But uh, no it was cut. real good, man. Family, my uh, my daughter at college, she made her way home, and um, and we was. This off. is her first Thanksgiving back home from school. Technically, yeah, yeah, because okay. she because when she went her freshman year, she didn't go to go off to school until January. So this was this was the first time. Was she glad to be home or no? Yeah, she enjoyed. Oh, she it, was man. okay. Yeah, good. She came home and and slept wherever she could, and I I hadn't seen her sleep like that since she was a baby, man. Man, that's what I did when I came home from college. Yeah, I slept like crazy. Oh man, it was nothing. Oh, don't even worry about it. What about you, man? How was the veil? I was good, man. I was in Nashville for three or four days, and like I told you, it was pretty lightweight, man. Mm-hmm. You know, it was kind of nice. So, just hanging with family, and you know, that's what's up. Doing those Thanksgiving things, yeah. Getting ready for Christmas. <laughs> okay. Oh wait, we didn't start it off like you said. Like you said, you were going to start it nah, off. That's going to be for gotta... the mix show. <laughs> I'm, I got a medley of Christmas songs that I remix right, that I'm right. gonna sing. So uh, I'm gonna start it off with it's the most horrible time of the year. That's yeah. Then we gonna go to Jingle Balls and uh, Silent Night, Holes in the Night. Yeah, I got it lined up, man. This motherfucker gonna be bumping. I'm telling. You. I know you do. I know you do. 
I got to pull out some of those old uh, Christmas mixes I used to do. Man, I'm ready. I think for, the James uh, Brown joint's still up. Hey, that's I think this, it's still up. There's nothing better than that one. I still rock that. That's a good one. I, I had a combination of James Brown mix you did and John Wayne's Christmas shit from oh, last yeah, year. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Those beat. Yeah, that that joint's crazy. It's time for that. The shit. The theory has it. Christmas, uh, Christmas beats uh, CD is crazy yeah. too. Yeah, it's time, yeah. man. It's it that time, time of the year, man. It is time. End All of right. a decade too. End of. I know that's crazy. That's wild, right? End of a decade. Damn. Second yeah, decade in in the two thousand. The new millennium. All right. Let's get down to business. This is Let's a do it. this is a podcast. It you is. You don't want to hear, you know, yeah, you an hour of Meeks and I, you know, yeah. just talking shit. That's another Although show. Although it would be entertaining. It but would. this is Southern Vanguard Radio. Uh this is the first time you're listening. Welcome. Welcome to everyone, yeah. one and all. We drop twice a week on Tuesdays is a mix show. On Thursdays is an interview session with an MC or DJ or uh, you know, just someone within in the sphere of the the culture that we love and also uh, you know, close to our heart. So make sure you follow on whatever your platform is, Apple Podcasts, Mixcloud, Stitcher Radio, Google Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, YouTube. Did I hit them all? I think I did. SoundCloud. Mm-hmm. And then makes we have some affiliates as well, right? Yes. ATLHipHop.com, IamClassicRawRadio.net, <laughs> Return of the BoomBab, WRBB, X-Squad Radio, X-Squad Affiliates, all those in Atlanta. And then we yeah. got you out to the West Coast with Soul Public Radio right. out West, Cali. Yes, sir. Yeah. All right, so this week, I got to say, um, when we got a message from this gentleman a couple months ago, uh, you know, I, I stand out for just, a, for, for just a few minutes. I didn't know what to do. Yeah. Because uh, this guy right here was pretty much a soundtrack to my, I guess, high school and college years for sure. I believe that. And, uh, you know, he's got classics under his belt. Serious ones. So, um... You know, and I gotta admit, I was I was super happy a couple years ago. You know, um, Peter Augustine, who's a friend of the uh, the podcast, Shouts out to him. and we've known Peter for a very long time. I saw a, a podcast pop up with this gentleman as well back in 2017, and I was just like, you know, I hadn't heard from the gentleman in a while. I was like, okay, well, you know, maybe Sean Jay's coming back on the scene, and slowly but surely, you know, I'm just glad to see this guy back in the mix again. So, without any further ado. The one and only Sean J. Period. Sean J. Period. What's up? Hey. Brooklyn, stand up. up. <laughs> What's going on? What's up, <laughs> Thank you for the welcome, as y'all said. Wow. Yeah, welcome. <laughs> it's all good, man. How are you, Sean? Thank you, man. It's a pl- doing well, man. It's a pleasure. Thank you so much. That's what's up. For having me on. Yeah. Sean, really appreciate it. Sean, first off, thank you for reaching out, man. I mean, that was a that was a real treat. I mean, for real. Like, I got... You know those uh those words at the beginning were uh were, were all real and heartfelt, man. I mean we're big fans of you from way back. So, um, we're we're more or less kind of in the same age bracket as you as well. So it's just a real treat right. to have you on the show, man. So yeah, thank you so much. And and when you and I talked ahead of this, um, just you know, just a little bit about life, man. Just like when you were traveling, uh, with your wife, like for a birthday, and just you know, it was great talking ahead of ahead of the actual podcast. Yeah, you no know, doubt. getting to know you a little bit better and stuff like that, you know. So Word. it's awesome, brother. That's what's up. So, Sean, there's a lot of things we could get into. Um, you know, I know you've been kind of you've made the rounds a few times, so I just I don't want to repeat what you've what you've done recently as far as you know interview wise and beat a dead horse. But I, I'd really like to hear about what's going on with you currently first, because I think that's kind of you know um, 
you know what you know what we're we're really about here with the show is and not, not trying to get too caught up in the past. We're always like, what's on the bleeding edge and what's next? So yeah. uh, why don't you right. kind of why don't you catch us out? I mean, you got a, a sound design company you're getting ready to launch. I believe you're getting ready to launch a podcast. Uh, you've been making right. uh, making a lot of moves, you know, um, you know, on the on the beat battle circuit. Like, what's going on with you right now, man? Yeah, well, I'll start uh, by brought me back in, um, and obviously, I'm I'm still listening, still working on music. I just wasn't releasing anything, yeah. okay? You know, and then I'll, I'll get into kind of touch the past about the sampling thing. That way, you'll it'll it'll connect the dots, so to or, speak. But in the process of um, you know, coming back in, uh, it was a gentleman by, by the name of DJ Olo out of uh, D.C. So he had reached out to me to just, you know, come and judge one of the beat conductors as a group that they that he had uh, to come and judge one of the you know production contests. So this was about, I think, three years ago. And so I'm like, OK, cool. You know, we uh, talked to each other through Facebook Messenger, went back and forth. And so it got me on. And and the thing is, too, I've always had a passion for, you know, giving information, you know, to people that were around me. We, you know, we're just sharing information back and forth, whether it be 88 Keys and I sharing information or mm-hmm. geology or, you know, different high tech and different people. And so I didn't even really fully grasp how big just the quote unquote producer scene is, you know, the okay. producers actually as artists now, you know, as brands. So that set me on a path to you know, pursuing that more. I do a lot of events with them. Just came back from an event. Um, we did something. We we uh, opened up for uh, Mosef or Yasin Bay when he had a show down at the Howard Theater, you know what I mean? So kind of oh. put a, a couple of the guys up ahead of it, you know, get the crowd into it, you know, pre when he came on and stuff. So been doing stuff with Ice Standard and um, Masters of the Machine and all kinds of different people. So you know, that was, that was, um, from the judging thing, I still do continue to do that. And then you mentioned about the sound design, uh, basically, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of guys are putting out sound kits and different things like that. And actually it's funny enough, the impetus for the idea came from when I came through an A3C, uh, about, about three years ago, roughly as well. Oh, really? And, um, yeah. So my lawyer, uh, Vinny Kumar, um, handle my publishing too. Uh, Vinny's, uh, you know, from Richmond, but he resides out of Atlanta. So he does a lot of legal work for a lot of the big guys down there. So I was, um, on the way back and we had a meeting, like a, uh, a lunch, a brunch or whatever, before I was getting on the airplane with, um, Ilmine's manager and, uh, Vinny. So then they were talking about how Ilmine, you know, had been doing really well with the, um, the sound design and all this stuff. And it just put that, and obviously I observed that. But it just kind of put in my ear, like, okay. And then I just started really meditating on thinking about it and finally decided, you know, to do my own thing. So basically, uh, this year, well, uh, beginning of the next year, launching was called Drumstacks. Um, and eventually, you'll be able to go to it, you know, like like a lot of other guys putting the stuff up. But I wanted to do it in a way that it almost, like, falls right in between the guys who just put out, like, the kits, you know, just separate kits. And let's say Splice, but Splice, you know, you pay the monthly fee mm-hmm. and you just kind of download whatever. So mine kind of falls right in that sweet spot where you're just paying the one time, you pay the $39.99 one time, and right. I'm just adding stuff to it. Because really what I wanted out of it, I was always designing my stuff. So I just wanted to, the ability to be able to experiment. So all I'm doing is convincing a producer or, you know, uh, engineer, whoever would want to use it to pay one time. You know what I mean? And gotcha. then I just keep adding stuff to it and they get informed every month, you know, hundreds of sounds a month. 
and eventually to have a cutoff point, but it will be well beyond the value of what the person, That's you know, would get and stuff like that. So, dope, dope, yeah, man. So, okay. yeah, man. So nice. Yeah, it's it's wild, man. When I was when I was thinking about getting ready to talk, to, or you know, when we were you know trying to arrange this conversation, I was just thinking about, um, you know, uh, it's just so amazing how ahead of your time you were, man. Like, you know, when you kind of you know moved away from sampling in the late nineties or early two thousand. Ask about that. I yeah. mean, like it's just so, you know, like even when I heard, even when I heard about that when it happened, I was just like, I, I know this guy's on to something, and I know he's ahead of his time. But man, that's a ballsy thing to do, man. It's, is is it kind of wild? Like you know, I don't know, ten or fifteen years later, see this thing kind of come full circle as far as where you were heading creatively. Yeah, I mean, it's fascinating because. You have to think like this is when this that was the dominant reason why I didn't continue to you know work with most and you know I I made some effort like the Black Star thing when I did work with um most and Talib that was kind of the tail end of it and then most and I were going through a journey to where from from you know both spiritual aspects mine was you know uh, Christian you know the the industry teaching me different things. Um, and, and then one of the things they would teach you is if you can kind of manipulate the sound or do whatever, hide it, you know, it's like, oh, you could get away with that. You know, and think about that back then. That was, that's, you didn't have the Shazams and the algorithms being able to just detect songs. So it was right. just a human being able to hear it. So <clears throat> in that process, I have become a Christian or more devout. And uh, I had read the scripture said, let, me, let him who stole steal no more, but let him work with his hands that he may have to those in need. And I recognized that for me, I knew what I was doing. I couldn't deny it. I couldn't, you know what I mean? Right. Now, the stealing only has to do with the sense that you weren't willing to pay for it. You know what I mean? Right, and I right. was just using so many different pieces and stuff that I was like, nah, you know, and I always wanted to play. Like these records were played by somebody. So I was already playing stuff and doing whatever. So I went through that and my lawyer came out of television. So she was trying to say, like, Sean, you need to be mindful of this because it will limit you in the whole thing of being able to get things on television, particularly at that time. You know, when you're signing agreements that will say, you know, that you agree that you have not violated a third party's rights, you know, you're signing that. So you're really bringing the onus back to yourself. You know, right. so right. between that and then most was going through um, most being a Muslim, he read a book or something. I was talking about horns and, and different instruments, how they evoke certain spirits and, you know, stuff like that. So we both were really going through equally spiritual journeys, you know, different paths or whatever. Just even like, let's say, Universal Magnetic had it, it originally had bass sounds on it, stuff like that. So when he was going through that, I want to honor my friend. You know what I mean? So I end up changing it over to other sounds and I end up like taking a rubber band and like mic it and re-record it, record it to make it really thick. So, right. you know what I mean? That goes into, I've been doing sound design stuff for a long time. You know what I mean? But right. in the whole idea of the sampling, I realized that, you know, for where I personally wanted to go, I had nothing to do with sampling at all. It's just, I didn't want to use three and four records and pay for it. I would get no publishing, nothing from that. You right, know what I mean? Right. So obviously fast forward, you know, a lot of guys doing like sounds and sound kits and stuff like that. And uh producer I managed Kelsey, we had an interview with Static Selector about a year ago or so. And we, he corrected me, which I actually received. Now mind you, Static Selector, you know he obviously samples a lot, but I realized that 
we're talking about a different echelon of producers. You know, when you're talking about low, like underground to mid-level, you know, I mean, this not you don't have the resources like that. But then you you talk about that upper level where they're clearing it. You know what I mean? The Kendricks and the Drakes and all those guys, the status, all these guys working on that stuff. They have people, the resources to be able to, you know, do what's right for it. You know right. what I mean? So it's not a thing of anti-sample. It's just I wanted to play. I wanted to be original. I wanted to play stuff, and I wasn't willing to pay for it. Then you have tr- companies like TrackLib now who come out and they at least make it easier. But you define samples, you know, have it pre-negotiated and stuff. So there's so many ways mm-hmm. to do it, man. But, you know, I didn't necessarily think about it like, oh, I'm trying to be ahead of my time, per se, as much as just, sure you didn't. Right. It was my own personal journey that, right. you know, ultimately proved itself over time, you know? Yeah. So, Sean, what we see where in, in the sound design stuff that we have in, in the notes for, for tonight's interview, drums, samples, and drum stacks, just some... Um, just focusing on the sample aspect of that, um, are these sample are these actual samples that have been cleared, or there samples that you played, or how does how does that work? No, it's literally just sounds that I'm creating. So, sounds that you, you create. Know, I mean, go, okay. go to a studio, record drums. Like drums, are, you know, you really can't distinguish that. But let's say like uh, Rhodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I take a rose and run it through some like crazy distortion pedal or, mm-hmm. you know, like I have these pieces of metal you may hit. So it's literally like designer sound type stuff. So gotcha. it's literally creating things. And then obviously it'll be royalty free things okay. like that. So it, it's not, it's not taking something that someone else did. Yeah. It's basically using it as an outlet to create, you know, textures and tones and sounds, things that I would want to present you know, that I would want to use, but I really want to present to people. So it's not based upon a record or right. whatever. It's based upon, you know, things that are created. Okay, that's dope. Well, shit, Sean, you, you've had uh, 15 or 20 years of this shit. You just, you got archives. You just pull oh, from, that man. Shit is... <laughs> it may yeah. not be the case, it's funny, but... man. It's like, it up. <laughs> when you think about doing stuff for somebody else, though, it's like it comes to a different place because it's like, that's true. you know, you want to present something to people that, that they will find value in. And I don't believe any one sound you know, has, you know, is, is the be all end all is what you do with them, you know, how you put the, the sounds together. So that's why I like the pricing model. I wanted it to be where, so a person wasn't focused on, oh man, that one, oh, I like that sound. I don't like that sound. Cause it's impossible to like every sound from every person. It's just, sure. it's, it's, but see, the thing is you can like a sound two years later and it works for a song. So mm-hmm. it's more or less, it really gives me an opportunity to continue to experiment and just have people to join in you know, it helped to to fund it and help to just, you know, be along in that process with me. You know what I mean? So nice. That's great. Thank you. So uh so, so Sean, is is it just you behind, you know, I guess the the content or the material with um you know as far as sound design goes, or do you have partners in this or are other producers gonna be involved? Like how does that work? Yeah, I mean initially it it's based upon, you know, what I come up with. Um I have a, a partner uh, Kelsey, who we were doing some different things, but he's handling helping more on the business side. Um, eventually, I made like I had an idea of doing, let's say, because I'm coming out of the church, you know, having some where I have like church drummers come and like play some, you know, hit like, you know, that crazy stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. And but then, at that point, it's just, you know, a negotiation with them on, you know, X amount of money for the sounds they do or whatever like that. So I'm not objecting to um, incorporating people. But this particular thing, ideally, and, and mostly it will be things that I come up with, 
And I have some other ideas for other companies that will be more broad spread, you know, like gotcha. far as like even um, the young guy, uh, Motif alumni, you know, a good friend of ours oh, yeah. uh, started yeah. the Rucker Collective and how he he started it out, but then he's incorporating different people. So mm-hmm. it may not necessarily be through Drumstacks, this particular one, but it may be through another entity that more people would be involved, you know, things like that. Because, you know, this is just the, the tip of the iceberg as far as things we're working on. So Gotcha. Yeah, we play a but we we're a big fan of Motif. I, I I'm not familiar with the Rucker Collective. What's that about? Yeah, that's um his his he and um Cass, uh yeah. his partner. They actually started that. So you you can check they have it on Instagram, you can follow it. Oh okay. Uh, but sound design is basically him because he's he's a prolific player, you know, piano player, stuff like that. So right. it's stuff I mean, to me when I listen to it, I just want to listen to it. Like it's just oh, it's really? just beautiful music, you know. So, you know, it's definitely something for people to check out. But, you know, it's a lot of guys in the game, you know, doing it. But when you think about it, you know, a baker needs bread, uh, needs sugar, flour, eggs, you know, all of it. So these are just component parts for the vast amount of producers throughout the world to just draw upon, you know. And it's a crowded market in one sense, but it's so many producers in the world. I mean, I heard Ilman say, you know, there's literally a million producers. And when I really you do the calculation on that, that that is literally true. At least, <laughs> at least, know, I, I've never thought at about you it. Gotta, like that. You got to say at least at the end of a statement like that because that's that's the realest part of it. A million at least. You know, yeah. I mean, can you think about in your locale alone? Yeah, I mean, Atlanta. Does it say? Let's just say each, there's a billion here in eight. Atlanta. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm saying. That's why you got to put at least on the end of that. There's, at least there's a, a a billion and a half here in Atlanta. I'm sitting in the room with five of them now. <laughs> Yeah, man. But I'm, I'm telling you that, like, and, and, and I'll touch on this since we speaking about it, Atlanta producers. I mean, Atlanta, we know, you know, and this this is just growing up. I mean, I used to come to Jack the Rapper in oh, Atlanta yeah. and, you know, the uh, the Freak Nick and yeah. all the different shows and stuff. And Atlanta has always just had such a beautiful presence in music, mm. you know, as far as and, and how even has how music has changed. You know, because you had, you know, with Jermaine Dupree early mm-hmm. on. And, you know, obviously you have um, people that go even beyond that, you know, the, up to now with the um, the Zaytovens and right. you know, all the different people um, and, you know, the little babies. And, uh, you know, it, it to me, like a lot of times people, let's say from like um, uh, find themselves like in that, that middle stage where it's like, OK, do I hate on this stuff or do I love it? You know, and that's why I love like J. Cole, the middle song, middle child song, where it's like finding yourself in that sweet spot where it's like, you know, we should be able to appreciate what the things that we've done in the past, Mm -hmm. you know, the earlier hip hop uh, music, but yet still appreciate the iterations of it, you know, as it comes out, you know, and I'm Mm -hmm. I'm one of those people that can listen to old Rakim and then listen to Little Baby and still love so many aspects of both, right. you know what I mean? So, yeah. and I think Atlanta is just such a, just a sweet place for, you know, just, just music creation and just the expression, you know, look at the, the style that the, the kids, you know, have the clothing, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. How, how people express themselves yeah. and stuff like that. So I, I think Atlanta is just an awesome place. Sean, let me ask you this. When you, when you speak in terms of uh, your sound design ventures and things like that, and um, you transition it over to you judging beat battles like I standard and and beat conductors. Does that 
what you're doing now with the sound design, does that affect your judging? Um, I'm sure, you know, you see a lot of producers in these beat battles that are still sample heavy or whatever. Um, does that make you kind of biased towards somebody that'll present some beats in front of you that's not so sample heavy? Yeah, I mean, to me, because because I recognize it as only my personal journey, mm-hmm. and that's not even to say that I would not sample now, mm-hmm. but because I'm so publishing conscious and, and now like, okay, Kendrick offered up something, of course, hey, and, and I had something, you know, I'm I'm not against it. So even within the judging, I'm not looking at it either way. I'm just looking at it. How does it make me feel in the room? You know, okay. and in I the mean, moment, even people yeah. that, that I work with a lot, they know, like, just because I know you and I end up know, by doing a lot of sh- uh, judging and all these events, I know a lot of like the beat scene producers, particularly, in, let's say, the Northeast or whatever like that. And they know just because I know you doesn't mean I'm going to give it to you. You know what I mean? Mm, it's right. like I have to feel as a judge what's in the room. You know, how, how, how did you, did you choose them? You know, it's not just, I can know the beats, but did you play them in the proper place, you know, to, to evoke a certain energy in the crowd, things like that. So I don't, it's not a penalty for me that a person samples, you know, because I love some songs that are straight samples, you know what I mean? Like you look at, let's say the damagers or people like that. Like Mm -hmm. I love that stuff, you know what I mean? So it's not, I don't look at it as a punitive thing, you know what I mean? It's just more or less my personal journey on it, you know, but you know, I love, I love all of it for sure. Speaking speaking of that, I heard that the, um, I heard that the new joint they dropped last week, uh, what would Sheen do? Yeah. Uh the the Griselda shit, I heard it was uh, all sample free actually. I heard that they didn't yeah. uh, the, I, new, I the new album. The new yeah, I heard the new shit is all sample free like they didn't sample anything, they didn't have to clear any samples. It was all originally sourced whatever. I I haven't been able oh, to wow. verify that myself, but I I, I did see that well, I, s- I, somewhere random. Well, you're on so. a major now, so yeah. They you guys um, the uh Beat Butcher. Beat Butcher is one of the the earlier guys that was that came along uh, with Ilmine and, and that that thing where he was designing, he's a sound designer. Oh, uh, okay. So okay. that would make sense to me, you know. And I haven't investigated deeply. It's something. I mean, I have this uh, info. You know, I should, I should probably give him a call. I should congratulate him, you know, because I hear it's a great project, you know. But I can believe that, man. I mean, because it's like you have to think like a lot of their stuff. They, you know, they were just pulling from every every angle, mm-hmm, and yeah. as they start to elevate into you know, the, the upper echelon where it just becomes more publicly exposed, you know, they would be conscious of that stuff. You yeah. Know, the other thing, for the sure. other thing you with know? it is, it's their first release on a major. So it's not like them putting out their mixtape series or something like that. Right. Uh, it's pretty right. smart for them actually, because, you know, you throw, if, if they did it like a mixtape format, all the samples, you got to clear all that. That's money coming out of their pockets. Uh, if they do it, you know, mm-hmm. sample free, you know, they maximize their earning potential. I get it. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. I hadn't yeah, heard that. I mean, you know, I've just been seeing so many, like, them talking about they crying because it actually happened and all that. It's been an emotional <laughs> week for hip-hop this week. This shit is kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't yeah. I've just been seeing tweets West Side Gun I'm in literally in tears now West Side Gun you in tears right now <laughs> word okay okay Wait, that he released the album you mean? <laughs> right. on a major yeah like you know like I guess shit is kind of 
coming full circle for them right now. I guess you could be emotional about that shit. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. But the thing is, too, you have to listen to those guys. I mean, those guys are like some of the most amazing, just as a collective. I mean, all of them can rhyme. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's just like, and they, they stick to what they do. You know, so very much you so. Have yeah, to celebrate them. You have to celebrate them for sure. And you know, it's a it's a journey for them. I mean, those guys have you know from being incarcerated and all kinds. Oh, uh, they come from nothing. You know, I get it. Just, they come from nothing. I get it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but it's man. just like it's like the the last two three years for them has has been really good for them. Like and to I guess for them to still be able to to. I don't know. Show some emotion about this shit. I guess that's 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 a plus. I ain't tripping. You know off what it. I think it is. It's just kind of wild. I, I, I think what it is, is it, and, and it kind of lines up with how long we've been doing the show. Now mm-hmm. is we, we started this show five years ago, and um, you know we were playing those guys and you know a lot of other folks. You know, music around super the same early, time. Yeah. Super, super, super early. Yeah. So it's it's still so wild for me to see like this, like that ball to keep like moving and yeah. like you know because we're just. You know, shit, man. This is just like, yeah, we've been on this. Like, yeah. <laughs> we know this shit's been dope. You know, no we know doubt. this shit's been dope. So yeah. it's, it's, yeah. it's really interesting to see those guys get to where they're at. I, I was, I was surprised that the that all the stuff, everything was sample free though on the. Um, yeah, I hadn't heard that joint. yet. That's dope. Yeah, that's, that's dope. dope. So, so, yeah. so it's, to it's that, it, out for sure. so, so to that, Sean, like, who, who are some of the new guys you like right now, man? Like producer wise, uh, producers or yeah, yeah, producer wise. Uh, oh man, wow. And, and a lot of them tend to come from the the scene for sure. So I'll say like uh, Kelsey, he's a, a producer I work with and manage. So I'll say Motif, um, G Wiz out of Connecticut. Mm-hmm. Um, man, it's so many, there's so many guys. Um, the Beats out of uh, Virginia, uh, Soul City. Um, even even some of the guys. See, a lot of times I listen to the music. I have to do more investigation. And this is where, like, us coming up, having the album credits in front of us right. was super helpful as to we could see a lineage of people, oh, man, so-and-so did this. And obviously you could put tags in it, you know, like London, you know, on the beat, something, you know, whatever, however that goes, right? Mm-hmm. So, but the tag, not everybody has tags, or not every artist will accept a producer putting tags in the song. You know what I mean? So there's a lot of producers that, the ones I named, but that's just, I mean, a total like few you know but it's like one thing i would love to see us get back to is figuring out a way to have crediting uh particularly on the producers and the engineers because the upfront artists and the the vocalists will get their you know the features will get their credit because it just naturally appears in the song but figuring out a way to make the fans even care or at least to have it just really easy for us to see so we can follow like oh so-and-so did that and -and so-and-so yeah i I totally agree Yeah, that's a big problem yeah. right now. That's a huge problem right now for me personally. Like it drives me crazy. I mean, even even when we're playing records on the show, it's like that uh that King Draft and Swank joint that we played yeah. two weeks ago. Yeah. Like we had no idea who produced it. I mean, turns out it was not. But like, man, I like I I scoured the internet trying to find that. Even even for something like that on Jam Live, yeah. I still couldn't find the credits yeah. to the to to the album. Right. You know, it's crazy, man. For real. Yeah, and I think that the Grammy, um, NARIS, uh, the the organization that puts on the Grammys, Mm -hmm. I think they have a division that's really working on that. But you know what? I mean, in anything in business, you know, business won't really feel the need to do it, feel the impetus to do it, unless the consumer cares. And the reality is that most consumers don't care. You know, they just want to hear the song and that's it. 
we care because we we're like because we're nerds. We're nerds about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, right, exactly. You know? yeah. But I still, I still, they still need to provide some, some info for the nerds, man. I mean, it's like so we can really follow the the path and and be amazed at oh wow you did that mm-hmm. oh and that you know what I mean we we just that just would I think it'd be such a great thing to just finally I mean with all the data we live in a big data age oh, why yeah. can't we have that data. You yeah. know, yeah, we it's just, there. Is it Why just that? Is it just that hard to do that with the with a digital release? It's I mean, just the spec, man. It's whatever that what they define is? the spec is, and how yeah. they push out to all the platforms. They have to come aligned there somehow. But gotcha. You know, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, there's a way to do it, but I mean, like you know, like Sean said, it's like it takes somebody to actually, you know, that actually has some weight and some pull to get something like that done. I don't no know. Doubt. Yeah, oh, maybe, crazy. maybe, and this is just throwing an idea. If somebody takes it, then that's that's. You know, then I would use it, but like an app or something. It's just every release because it, the, because when the album, a record company releases a project, the credits are there. They the, the information does exist. It's just like you know, bringing it into you know a cohesive uh, area where it's just like we can just see. Oh, we want to look it up. Why you know, and and be able to look up not just major releases but independent, so mm-hmm. everyone can feed the information. But then I understand why Apple. And all those companies don't want to really get involved with it because, like, it's easy to talk about who the artists were. That's the easy thing to find out. But then when you start to get down and you start to put out stuff in it, and then it'll be all of a sudden, well, no, he didn't produce that. I produced that. He sold my idea or whatever. <laughs> it gets murky. Yeah, that's you know still what I'm going on, too. So <laughs> companies don't want to deal with that. They just right. want to get that money and get out, right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, Sean, what is it about Kelsey that you like? How'd you guys connect? You, you mentioned you're managing him. Like, how'd that relationship it's funny, develop? Man, you'll, hear me, you'll hear me say different things. Like, on one hand, I manage him. And I won't manage him forever. It's just young brother I met. Actually, he won um, a Master Building Machine. It's an event I did with our Kaz and Moti. So, he was he actually won that night, you know, for uh, from that. But I just love one thing he talked about that he was like, he talked, yeah, and it was no samples when I talked to him. And I, that attracted me because I'm like, most guys are not even talking about it. So, um, so it's it speaking to him, but he's such just a, a, a great brother, man, young, you know, 30 year old guy. And mm-hmm. he reminded me of myself. He, he has like a sensibility where he grew up. His dad had him growing up on Jay-Z, you know, their president, all, all kinds of stuff like that. And yet still he's a new cat. So he finds himself right in the middle and so his sound, his sound just is going through all these different changes. And I just see how he approaches it with just such passion. And he's really good at sound selection and stuff like that. So, um, you know, he, once he won, it's funny, he won that event and he's never won any other event that I've judged. And it's not like, it's not like he wasn't um, good enough to win any of those other events. It was just the fact that, like I said, in judging, you know, different things, but I, everyone, I always made sure that even though people know I'm associated with him, that he doesn't get a pass with me. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. But he is, no he is amazing. You know what I mean? He's definitely amazing. So, Sean, what's going to be the uh, the the premise for y'all's podcast? Because y'all getting ready to drop a podcast. What what's it going to be about? Yeah, so it's going to be a, a derivative of Drum Sack. So basically, Drum Sack podcast or whatever like that. But the whole thing is that it, it's it's like the thing that. Never leave your life. So let's say the, the heartbeat, the, the drum beat, right? All of us who are passionate about music, no matter what happens with us, you know, we could be, we could find ourselves sick. We could find ourselves, you know, um, we got married and having kids and whatever, but no matter what, 
this thing still drives us, even if we only can do it part time, even if we could do all the stuff. So it's basically the drums is the foundation, the thing that just won't leave us as a creative and the things that we build the stack upon to build our lives upon. So it, it would be things to help uh, better, you know, producers, producer particularly, but it could obviously be anybody, but like things from financial advice to obviously producer advice to um, just, you know, relational commentary, you know, so basically things that, that we're really going through because a lot of times people, you know, particularly creatives, like it's a long run for us, man. And I know y'all know this, you know what I mean? Because you all are doing what you're doing and it's like, you're still working your jobs and doing whatever, but yet still that thing, even though you, you do those other things that we have on other responsibilities, the music, the love for the music never leaves you, you know? Mm -hmm. And why should it? We should just really learn ways to to incorporate the holistic part of our lives together. So it really takes a holistic part, a holistic look at the life of a producer or, you know, mainly a producer, but musician, et cetera. So. Dope. Yeah, me, me and Meeks and everyone in this room, all, all of us that are close in this always talk about this thing being a blessing and a curse. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how many times have we yeah. talked about leaving and coming back to it, yeah. leaving and coming back to it? And I'm just like, you know what? It just... It just it's just gonna be here. Just so let That's, it happen, you know. You know? Yeah. <laughs> For sure. and, and and really it's hard because you in in particularly social media, you see people taking the pictures and and you feel like, oh man, sometimes you feel great about what you're doing, like you feel on target, and then you look at what other people are doing and you feel so behind. Like mm, that's oh, the worst man, thing you, know, you can do, man. That, and then I'm at yeah. the job working this and stuff like that. And the fact remains that you know, instead of being able to run, you know, we're just, we're, we're walking at a slow pace, but we're ultimately bringing our families along. We're like not destroying everything around us for our art. And, right. you know, prolific people have done that, but mm-hmm. there's a price to be paid <laughs> on the back end. You know what I mean? Because Absolutely. let's be truthful. Like we, we introduce ourselves to each other and we know all these people, but on your deathbed, it's only X amount of people going to be around you. You know, you hope they're going to be around. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's real. That's real. So we have to make sure that we're bringing people along that even though they are not necessarily creative and they don't understand the journey and they don't understand what, why do you, why, why are you expending that money, you know, to go on this trip? You're not getting paid or all or whatever. You know what I mean? It's like bringing them along, but yet still, you know, showing them. You can't let that die because that thing that it'll be like, you know, having fire and trying to put your shirt over it. Eventually, it's gonna burn you. It's gonna burn your shirt. Everything like you can't. So it's better to just control it. You know, let yeah. it out. Yeah. Take care of your other stuff. You know, and and make it a productive life. Incorporating incorporating everything. So. Oh yeah, I'd go insane, Sean. If I if I didn't do something related to this like semi regularly, I would literally go insane. I've I had this conversation. Meeks and I had this conversation a lot. But I actually had this uh, conversation with my pastor about a couple months ago because he actually found out about the show and started listening to the show. And, um, you know, it's just crazy to think like how he actually made this comment. He's like, he's like, John, all of our contemporaries, all of our peers, like if they don't have something that they, you know, can devote themselves to you know, outside of family and work, they're all crumbling. Right. Mm. You know, they're right. all they're all just like they're all leading miserable lives because they've just turned their lives over to two things, which is right. family and work. Right. 
Yeah, <laughs> and, and the, yeah, the, no, it's, it's the, so true. The funny thing out of that is, uh, he then told me that because of the podcast, he started learning how to l- ride a unicycle. So uh, that's crazy. <laughs> and then that goes into yeah. a uh, a little bit of a debate I saw, you know, over the over the holiday break or whatever. And Sean, I'd love to get your input on this when you speak in terms of, um, you know, juggling and balancing, you know, being, you know, a family man and 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 a musician at the same time. Uh, somebody somebody started a little bit of a debate that if you dropping music like every two years, that's oh that's, I saw that you saw that that's saw that's, that. that's career suicide. I, I, think, I think drugs are trolling a little bit there. <laughs> Say it again. Repeat it again. If you if you drop if you only dropping music every two years, you might as well quit. You might as well give it up. And I I totally disagree with that. I didn't jump uh chime in yeah, on that, either. but I totally disagree with that. Uh how you feel about that? What, what if somebody was to come at you come to you with that, you know, stance, uh what would you say to that? Yeah, I mean, I of course I would disagree. I mean, that that's it feels obvious, right? Mm-hmm. Uh because at the end of the day, you know, no matter if 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 the floodgates are open for any and everybody with with a computer, to just contribute into the the creative aspect of music. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Whether it be just some little thing they throw up on Instagram or whatever. Like who we should all have the right to contribute to the, the collective body of music, no matter when someone is doing it. I right. mean, we don't judge people who take, you know, five years to put out a record, but yet still when that record comes out five years later, it's amazing. You know, right. Celine Dion is not judged because she had her hits, but you know what I mean? It's like it, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Now, if you, if, if, are you putting out something that pleases somebody or even ultimately it's just, you want to express yourself. Right. You know, it's like, it, it you doesn't matter. You can't front on I mean, it. I Whenever even, it comes I out, you can't front. To that at all. Yeah. I think drugs are trolling a little bit on that one, man. I mean, he, he probably he was, just, <laughs> but at the same time, I kind of feel like he meant that, you know, like from the bottom of his heart. He you know have. what I'm saying? He might have. It's an interesting debate. The reply, yeah. the replies were very interesting. Yeah. Though. So who 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 actually do you know the um the source of yeah it? drugs beats the, the source yeah drugs oh, okay. yeah yeah he's dope you know what I mean he's dope. He's very and, dope and the thing is too I mean when you put it out there it's like it 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 depends on your lens of what you're looking at you know what I mean and you know if if you're judging it from a standpoint of like from from a upper echelon type thing you could be quickly overlooked if you're not putting out stuff you mm-hmm. know what I mean like just it's in a certain you know stratosphere of of artist and producer, whatever, that may be true. But overall, there's nothing to say that you can't still continue to present your art. You just have to be willing to be, you know, um, praised or criticized for it, which is always the case, no matter what. Right. You know, so, you know, I, I think it's, I think it's just something that everyone should be able to do, you know, if, if they feel so just try to put out the best quality that you can at the time. That's, that's, that's really the criteria, not just to throw something out to throw it out, but you know, Try to be your best self quality wise. And that's it. Even if you're, you know, 20 or 50. Doesn't mm, matter. Or, you know? Yeah. There it is. What do you think about the game these days, Sean? Just as far as releasing music and putting it out? I mean, it's obviously totally different from when you were coming up. Like, what's your outlook on everything in general? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's fascinating. Um, and somebody somebody said, you know, in doing these, the beat battles and stuff, I mean, you meet different different guys and stuff. And the term OG was coming up, particularly early on. And I'm like, man, you know, OG, like it just feels like 
I don't, I don't want to feel like an OG, but the reality is that, you know, what I did stuff was in the nineties and stuff like that. So, but, but when you think about what it took to get music out back then, you know, obviously the goal was to get a deal of some sort, you know, or mm-hmm. get with an artist with a deal. And then when you couldn't, you know, that's when had the whole independent labels popped up and then, but it, it was cost prohibitive because the equipment, you, did you have the equipment to get a SP 1200 or NPC or whatever, or, you know, have money to go to studio time, have money to print vinyl and cassette, you know? And so the, the release of the music, the, the gatekeepers, it was stronger gates back then because it was just, it really was money, you know, but now you have the platforms like DistroKid and things of that nature where you can just get money, music out there. You know what I mean? It's like we're flooded with it, right? right. But then you look at the major record labels, you know, their value, they, their value has always technically been marketing. They they held a stronghold on distribution and that's how kind of, okay, you get this deal and we'll basically put you out or whatever. But that, you know, so many people could get that stuff distributed, you know, without even going that route. So the release of the music, you have to like not focus so, solely on the the top artists. It, it, dude, all of us would love to have something on Drake's album or whatever. You know, but Drake and them, there's only X amount of Drake's, you know? So we can't totally focus on, man, if we don't get our, all the, say the main producers we talked about, right? If we don't get a, our spot on the top 100 artists, then are we failures? No. You know, it's like there's so many people that are that are at like Drake's heels, like, you know, what I mean, those guys that are pushing those guys, you know, what I mean, the mid level guys, it's like a slew of them. Yeah. Like, so we should we should really, you know, celebrate if we do get the opportunity to work with the upper echelon artists. Right. But don't don't just go career about that. You know, the, the thing I always tell Kelsey and anybody, like when you if you go put out something. Just make sure that it's something that you feel. Don't do something just because you're desperate or whatever, right? Like, do music that if you do a, you do a song with an unknown artist that you love that's just killing it to be, right? Then people are going to look at it as, wow, that's a dope song. But if someone is able to pick out the fact that, oh, that MC was great, but the beat was all right. But yeah. that beat was awesome, you know? But the rapper was all right. Like, you don't want people to do that. So if you want to really focus, you should really focus on getting with people that just accentuate and love what you do and y'all build off of each other. And then from there, you let it fall where it may. You know right. what I mean? Your yeah. stuff may end up in a commercial somewhere, making more money than guys who, who had that stuff on major label artists and only had 2% of a record. Oh, you know yeah, what I mean? There saying? you go. Yeah. So, That's real. Yeah. You know. Absolutely. Sean, I just want you to embrace that OG title a little bit more, man. Because first, <laughs> first and foremost, first and foremost, you are that. Um, and 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 second of all, basically what they're saying when they when they throw that at you is they're trying to get to where you are. I've I've been I've been I've had that thrown at me on several occasions, and then I look at the person that's saying it, and I'll be like, okay, I I get where you coming from with that. I have been out here for a minute. It's you know I did my thing. I may have had my time with it or whatever, but you right. haven't amassed that yet. So I get it. I accept it. It's you know I'm an old motherfucker. I ain't I ain't gonna be like. <laughs> I got I got carded at CVS the other day, man. I was trying to get some cold medicine and 
You're happy the as hell. The motherfucking self-checkout thing was like, you have to show your ID. I was like, God damn. I'm looking around. I'm like, I'm old as hell, man. And then here come a chick that ain't even half my age coming to check my ID for that. I'm like, you know what? Um, let me just let me just let this happen exactly. right quick so I can get the fuck right. out of here. <laughs> it's yeah. not a bad thing, Sean. Go ahead. It's not a bad thing. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, in the beginning, I mean, think about it. And and it's also an ego check, too, because I had, I had been away, you know, from, say, releasing music, you know, for some years or whatever. Mm-hmm. So coming back in, it's like you almost want to you want it to be like it was when you left off, quote unquote. But it's obviously not time yeah. has passed and stuff. And I, I definitely learned what you're saying, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Just to really embrace it and to look at it more as a, a privilege to have someone even say that. And then to be able to impart something to them that could help them. Because right. technically, it's way harder it, now, thinking about it, with, with, with so many people having the, the, the um, access to do music, mm-hmm. it's just way harder to actually establish like a brand. Yeah, you know what I that's mean? That's real. Absolutely. As a producer yeah. or, or artist or anything, because there's so much milk in the pool. And right. I mean, cream does rise, but there's a lot of milk in it. You yeah. know what I mean? That's a big so, ass pool. <laughs> you know, that's, yeah, it just—it really is, man. Yeah. So it's like you have to just, so you know, like like you said, I, I totally embrace it, man. It's just Good. like, but it it is it's for sure ego check, and particularly as as an OG who doesn't feel like they've even hit their real stride yet. You right. know, what I mean? like I feel yeah. like my best work has not come out yet. I'm the you same I mean? way, and in that in that whole process, you know, you have to, but you have to respect, like, okay, well, you can't just keep regurgitating what you did you know back in the 90s you, mm-hmm. you maybe take some of that sensibility but then you look at like okay but this is where people are yeah. and stuff like that and that doesn't mean you compromise it but you like you have to just you know we it, uh, you think about it. when we listen to a song you know god is so so awesome that if we listen to a song one time through and then we listen to that song again right on repeat same time through the same neurons are not firing. It's like it's new every time. There's a new mm-hmm. amount of uh, air in the room, all mm-hmm. these different things. So our life is constantly evolving, evolving, changing, changing, changing. So it's like if we really embrace the fact that, you know, music has, has made a change, you're like, okay, well, we can see some of that. But then we don't throw the elderly out because they have all the wisdom. You know right, what I mean? That's right. Yeah. That's so, right. So the the bring and and that's that's one thing too when you talk about the podcast and the different things also incorporating not just y- the young guys the guys names but even reaching out to like some of the people like Gamble and Huff or mm-hmm. some of the older you know um uh the, the people from Stacks or like the, it was it's this band that played on Motown I, I wrote it down the other day oh yeah the Funk um, Brothers the band that played yeah Funk, the Funk Brothers. Brothers yeah mm-hmm. you know what I mean but like. But but to bring because a lot of times we only reach technically we only reach back to maybe like quote unquote let's say Rockham or that far. But think about it, you know, you had you had Cool Herc. You're like, do we do we really reach even as far back as that? You right, know what I'm saying? Right. When we yeah. think, yeah. so it's like, and then do we reach back even further to the people they sample from who paved the way? Right. You know these older musicians and stuff like that. You know, so that's one thing I would want to incorporate. And you know what we're doing with the pocket, incorporate even the original musicians who would just love the they would love to come on and just talk about some of it. And and we would never hear that. It's like it's like what like what y'all are doing 
in that whole podcast. Like, you're like basically documenting history, you yeah, know, yeah. because and yeah. unless someone comes and talks about it, you know, that's why it's important for us to go talk to our grandparents, you know, the elders to hear stories, to get lessons, because if we don't, you know, we're not, we, the stuff is not written down. So like right. we can write it in a form like this, yeah. you know, where a person, you can hear them expressing themselves. So it's, it's great, man. That's yeah, awesome. I, I OGs, brother. <laughs> that's yeah, right, man, that's right. For sure. Uh, Meeks, I don't think we realized how much, um, uh, not power, but how, how powerful it was, or this thing was that we started until we did one of Sean Price's last interviews. So, yeah, so, that, so that put it in mm-hmm. in a real different light and perspective for us, yeah. as to to mm-hmm. what we what we were doing, and and you yeah. know the whole build up to that interview it was kind of like happenstance and it just kind of <laughs> yeah. happened yeah. but to know that what was it two weeks after we dropped it yeah, he three, passed yeah. three weeks after he passed wow. yeah. and wow. it's just like damn you know first of all I always said he didn't have to talk to us at all it's fucking Sean Price yeah. you know but at the same time we did get we did get a chance to talk to him it, it was a great interview yeah. Um, by yeah. all standards, and and it went down the way that it did because it was meant to be. Yeah. It was it was already written. Right. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's just like, right. yeah, it's very important. Very yeah. important. Um, yeah. That 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 outlook though is, is interesting, Sean. You know, when you talk about you know documenting things, I, I don't think until that event happened with with our show personally that we thought we were really doing what we were doing. But I mean, I, I wholeheartedly believe that's what we're doing now. No that's doubt. for sure. No doubt. Especially with yeah. the. Especially with the resurgence of just the sound, you know, the sound that we all love and come from, you know, mm-hmm. like that's what's right. so ironic about the whole thing is we talk about, you know, the Griselda guys, you know, dropping a, a, a major, you know, dropping a record on a major label on Shady. Mm-hmm. Like you could have never told me five years ago when we were playing all that early West Side and Griselda mm-hmm. shit that they would have ended up on Shady and dropped the fucking you know, a full length album on a you know, that's just so yeah, crazy. I didn't see to that me. coming at that's all. Wild. Yeah. Yeah, but you have to think, like Eminem, Jay-Z, all those guys, that, that's where they came from. You know, and most of the executives, that's really the style that we're talking about is where they came from. Yeah, you know? yeah that's real. And, yeah. and just even like going out, and um, I've, I've been to two of the recent uh, most staff shows. He's doing Black on Both Sides, right? Yeah. Uh, different areas, different places. So I've gone to two of the shows, and it's amazing to see even the emotion in him. You know what I mean? At some point, it's crying it's because it's like, and, and I feel obviously connected because obviously he and I came up around the same time and stuff sure. like that or in the same time. Yeah. And to see people appreciate something that you did so long ago and to, you know, to know the words or to, you know, all this stuff like that. And it's just value, man. in in what we did and in, in the music we were into at the time. Yeah. And, and it doesn't have to be, and, and I remember I read some, I heard some like on a, um, audiobook or something and it says this is the first time in history that when your song can be played next to a michael jackson to a bach to a james brown because of the nature of how how our music is arranged in our phones you know where oh, before, right. everything was just in that record right so, so from from that perspective you know it's not a comparison at this juncture it's basically like we have access to it's just about access we have access to, you know, the music we, the type of music that we're talking about, right? Mm-hmm. Then, then people who are into trap and people are into, you know, um, uh, rock and all, whatever, whatever you want, you have access to. So it's just, it's great to see 
that guys still sticking to, you know, what they're doing. And even with you all, the, your brand is very clear, you know, on what you like, mm-hmm. you know, and the oh, value yeah. that you all bring to this. I mean, like, I just really was exposed to you all. Um, I, I had been hearing a little bit and then Kelsey would tell, oh, yeah, these guys over here. And then uh, it was a J.R. Swiss um, interview. Oh, yeah. The homie J.R. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know. And he's a young brother too. He's he's yeah. one of the ones I should have named too. You know, he's going to come up working with them. Yes, you know, sir. Um, the Griselda guys and stuff like that. Yeah. But the value that you, what you all are doing, the, the thing that, that the reason why the Sean Price thing came your way and the, all these different things is because you're a genuine love for what you do. You know what I mean? And in life, love is an attractor. You know, people are attracted, you know? I mean, you can see it in little kids. You know, mm-hmm, if, no if, mm-hmm. if you eat for aunt that's just real loving and just, you know, and that doesn't mean that's not corrective, you know what I mean? But right. love attracts, you know, mm. and that, and because of you all's love of passion for what you all do and the music, it just will continue to attract opportunities for you all, you know? That's so dope. I'm super happy for you all's success, you know, that's what dope. you're doing. Thank you, man. We appreciate we that, appreciate man. that, dude. Man, I'm excited. Uh, I'm about as excited for most deaf right now as excited as he is he pumping up big shit right now uh new black star music new music with mf doom and other music on deck yeah. sean you uh you 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 plan on playing a major role in that or you just pretty much gonna have to get in where you fit in on that well it's it's fascinating man and this this is something that i i personally but not he and i like we work together early so mm-hmm. it's like and and actually friends like i mean i see him i saw him the other day i love you like and he says i love you both so Word. it's not it's not really it's one of those things where i recognize that in his life uh he's not to be controlled by any one thing right Meaning like because mm-hmm. when you work with him you want to like oh dude i want to keep working and that's why we did so many songs i'm like Oh, you want to do that? I want to do that. And then he wants to, he'll want to go and work with a band or he'll want to work with this DJ or he'll want to work with this producer. Like you just have to really, he's very much in the moment about what's inspiring him. Mm -hmm. So it's not really a judgment on whether my beats are not good enough or somebody else's beats are not good enough as much as yes. Am I before him and inspiring him? So I've been around him like more recently so, you know, we'll see where it goes, man. But okay. I'm, I'm I'm happy for him. And, and as a brother, you know, I, I'm really proud of him. Like he has the uh, the Negus um, uh, exhibit in Brooklyn where he did a whole album. It's not released. It's, it's part of the art exhibit. You know, and you have to go in and listen to, you know, the headphones and stuff. And I was going to go to the opening weekend, but I had an event in D.C. with the B-Conductors, you know, and then um, but He's 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 super artistic, so it's not just an MC. You know what I mean? He's super prolific at what he does. But I just recognize for him, it's better to just you know be with him, and and if he taps you because it's it's that thing that's inspiring him, you go with it. And then if right. it doesn't, you know, just be happy for him, man. I mean, he no. he's definitely one of the most prolific artists, you know, of that time. You definitely. know what I mean? So you know, I'm super happy for him, no matter whether I'm a piece of it. But I would yeah. love to be, but. You know, if, if I'm not and and I'm not tapped for that next, you know, set of things, I'm good with it, too. Absolutely. Sean, where are we going to see your production showing up here, in, uh, you know, in the next little bit? You got anybody you're working with? Like, yeah, you know. fascinating, man. I'm actually, um, I've been tapped by Count Fifth, uh, just in his record label, Man Bites Dog, I think it is. Um, oh, yeah, the base of the D.C. area. Yeah. Yeah. So Uncommon NASA, uh, they have a song uh, that Tech was on and stuff like that. 
and they asked me about doing a remix. Now I've been like toying with it because just time wise, it's like I, I'm, I feel like obviously it's one of my first pieces to come back out, and but my time is like you know tight, you know between work or like yeah. you know launching the sound design thing. Yeah. So yeah, I want to do it. So that may be the next thing. Um, it's just, I have to make sure that, that I can commit to it enough to like do the job I want to do with it. Like if I'm going to do it halfway and it's just going to be, it's, I don't need quote unquote need to do it. It's not like a money driven thing or anything like sure, that sure. as much as I just want to know that I'm going to put my best foot forward with it gotcha. you know, I mean? or the foot that I put, you know, and gotcha. so, you know, gotcha. but that, and so, and some releases working with some artists, you know, next year and stuff like that. But just focusing on the sound design thing as a, as a start, cause I recognize I'm super ambitious, have a lot of goals for a lot of things. And I recognize like, I can't do everything. You know what I mean? Right. And I'm not getting as much stuff out and visible because I'm just like drawn, you know, this pull between so many different things. So I'm just trying to just focus on, let's say the, the sound design and then start working with artists. So, gotcha. as, you know, as we go on, I may reach out to you and say, you have any artists, you know, that, maybe of interest you know what i mean but oh, I'm, yeah. I'm definitely down to work yeah you know, for just, sure. I, I need to just get some stuff off the plate first no okay. doubt no cool. doubt Yo, Sean, you you and I have a uh, have a, have an interesting. Uh, about to go there. Were you about, go ahead. I go was. Ahead. I, go. I was just about to go into some nostalgia, <laughs> Sean. Uh, I know. I feel like I know how how Count Base D and and John Doe got involved with this project, but I I think I don't know if I knew you were on it or not. Um, the the BC Boys DVD anthology. What was your experience uh, getting on that project? And 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 I don't know. How's it? How's it? played out for you over the years or anything nothing like like what's your what's your backstory on on being a part of that project yeah it, it was fascinating because and obviously that was doing uh the height of when i was doing a lot of rock and stuff so they reached out to someone at the label um and i can't remember who it was at the label but then they told me about it so i went and met with adam um i believe it was adam like that's that's the one that just comes to mind Met him in the studio, uh, went and talked to him about it, gave me the, um, I worked out the business, gave me acapellas and stuff, ended up doing it. So it's fascinating because when I look back on it, that probably was one of the, the highest paying jobs I ever did, right? Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because obviously that was the Beastie Boys and stuff like that. And, but it, it was just such an honor, man, to do. I mean, this is like, you know, the, the Beastie, I remember seeing him in, um, when I was, grew up in Virginia. You know, seeing them in, in concert and, and having the record, the one with the plane that crashes. And, you oh, know, yeah. I can't even remember the name of that. License to Ill. But, um, yeah. So it, it just, it was, it was honestly, it was, it was one of those things where it was like, absolutely, I'm going to do this. You know what I mean? And, and you know, so it, but they did reach out to someone at the label. That's how I got involved. Okay. Yeah, that, that was part of the, what wasn't that on the body moving 12 inch, Sean? And then they just popped it on the, on the DVD anthology and that, how that went down or no? Yeah. Well, they said it was just, I mean, what they were going to do, they just said they were doing a remix project. Right. So oh, okay. how it evolved, you know, it, it was basically said to be a song, you know what I mean? For they doing, they remixing the whole album, having a bunch of different producers, doing different things. So I was just one of those uh, producers. That's right. And, That's right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, but they, gotcha. I think they've reached out to a lot of people, but let's say they still didn't reach out to the million, right? They only reached out to maybe a hundred. I was super honored, you know what I mean? To be a part of that project. Yeah, so, no doubt. No yeah. doubt. 
MCA saved our bacon on that one, man. Because, uh, Sean, I got, I got pulled in. Egon and I did one for that DVD anthology. We did Looking Down the Barrel of a Gun. And uh, okay. when they the story is, is when they sent us the acapella, and um, the acapella, well, actually, they sent us the acapella on the DAT, and um, something was wrong with the DAT. Like, there was distortion or static in it, and the, the BPM was floating. And like, man, we, we were in my apartment in Nashville for like three days straight. I, I, don't, I don't think, I think we slept <laughs> yeah. maybe like two or three hours, like over three days trying to get this shit to work on my VS 1680 and we couldn't get it to right. work and we gave up and, and, uh, and, and Egon called, uh, called tick, you know, a grand Royal was like, man, the shit isn't working. Like we're, you know, we're, we're super upset. Ethan, Ethan and I were like drinking away our sorrows, like after three <laughs> days of trying to get that remix done. And right. then, and then, um, so, but well, we went ahead and sent him the instrumental and a God bless MCA, man, MCA heard the remix and was like, we, we're going to make this work. Just have it, just send us the stems, send us the parts and the pieces and we'll put it together. So we sent him the stems and they put it, they put it together and we made the project. But late, later on, we found out that there indeed was something wrong with the that that they That's sent us. Dope. And, uh, oh, wow. <clears throat> man, I mean, just, I, that shit was so incredible. I, I'd never forget like rolling up to Best Buy that day and uh and, and getting that joint. Dude, I was so happy, man. I never thought in a That's trillion dope. years That's that would have ever happened, but that was dope, yeah. man. When I was, and the thing is go, it was, man. And the thing ahead. is too though, you had to think this was pre Pro Tools and it that stuff. So like look, you would oh, yeah. receive that now on file, it would have been easy. You oh know? yeah, it'd been a walk in the park. Yeah. <laughs> it would have been a walk in the park, that'd been no problem. Yeah, and I remember too, even doing that, doing the song, that I actually had to. It came on that, and I remember having. Now, fortunately, my dad actually worked, right? So, yeah. but I remember having to do something with it, where like I didn't take it immediately, like, let's say to the big studio and stuff to do it at the time, and having to play it and almost like make sure my BPMs were right. And then it had drifted and I had to redo it again a couple of times. So uh-huh. I got it to the point where, you know, it worked out and stuff like that. So okay. it's just fascinating how, how technology has changed. You know what I mean? Big time. That yeah. makes something like that just a walk in the park now, you know? Yeah. Well, it's, it's funny because they're talking to you and then I actually we, we talked to Count Bass after, after we, you know, went through those trials and tribulations. He's like, oh yeah, my, my man, my dad was fucked up too. I had to slide that shit around. And like, you just got to work what they give you, John. And I, it was, it was actually a really important lesson. And when he told me that, cause, uh, right. you know, we, we, we were trying to like, you know, stay within the confines of what they sent and, you know, the shit's supposed to line <laughs> up and, you know, like, you just got to figure out a way to make it work. So it was, it was actually, right. it was, it was a big lesson, but uh, anyway, man, I, I'd forgotten you did that body moving remix. So when we were prepping for the interview tonight, I wanted to make sure to talk to you about that. That's dope. Uh, yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that. Too. Word. Yeah. OG. OG. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, brother. OG. No doubt. So I got one last thing. I, uh, we, we talked to a lot of, uh, talk to a lot of New York artists, uh, uh, East Coast artists in general. Um, you, we got it that you're in Brooklyn. Are you currently residing in Brooklyn? I live in Queens now. Queens, okay. Yeah, um, moved, yeah, moved out. I got you. I, was, still love it. I, mean, I lived in Brooklyn for, since I was here. Yeah. Know, so. I was going to ask you, what's the, the climate like now? We know about the gentrification and all of that, but as far as like the, the, the music coming out of it and things like that, 
uh, what's um, what would you say is the highlight of, of Brooklyn right now? Well, I mean, let's just say um, Brooklyn, but then let's say the New York scene in general. Okay. And the thing was fascinating, man, and and this comes from just being out, you know, at the different events. But there's such a like an amazing scene of let's say like the lo-fi guys doing the stuff, or like you know, it it it's where you would have thought that the scene didn't exist. But I guess it's the type of thing where you have to get out the house to know that the scene exists. But right. it's such an eclectic scene now. And New York in general has always been, you know, because it's it's a melting pot type place and people come in and out all the time, you know, so it's, 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 a, um, it's a hub, you know what I mean? So it's like you have people bringing, <coughs> sorry, <coughs> bringing their influences from, let's say, Minnesota or bringing their influences from Paris or all these different things. And you're constantly having people come together and then work on different things. So the scene constantly evolves, mm-hmm. you know? So I, I just, I think that the music scene here is more vibrant than ever, man. I mean, we've gone to um, just events where you have guys out there with like the little rolling and, and doing like live beat sets or whatever like that. And it's like, it's just, it's amazing, man. And there's some very prolific um, musician and beat makers, musicians and beat makers here, you know, MCs and all, you know, so I'm, sure. I'm actually super proud of, just how, just even how it actually has evolved. So that's dope. And I'm sure where you are, you're seeing constant evolution because you know Atlanta's a gateway. You know, as a hub city where people, you hear people moving there. You know, to you know pursue their careers or whatever. So you're constantly seeing an influx of different influences and things like that. So no doubt. You know. Yeah, the interesting thing here, Sean, is that obviously, like, the, you know, trap sound or whatever you want to call it, you know, kind of, like, you know, permeates this place. But what's interesting is all the people that are in the cut and you don't even know that are here. You know, that's what's really interesting about it. And creating here, and you just don't know it, you know. But, I mean, all all that energy kind of feeds off, you know, of of one another and everything going on here, regardless of the sound or the type of music someone's making. So. You're you're right. It, it's definitely you know got a vibe and energy here for sure, and always has. Yeah, definitely. I totally agree with that. Uh, Sean, I got one last question for you, man. Where's Mike Zoot, dude? <laughs> Mike Zoot. Any ideas? Um, man, I would have to reach out. I, th- I mean, I think he's in Brooklyn. Uh, I did because um, Matt Fingers, who worked at um, Guess Wild Records, a good friend of mine. Yeah. So, who obviously put out put out his work? Yeah, uh, he spoke to him. I Man, I feel like like he's he's definitely in Brooklyn, uh, doing something. You know what I mean? Not necessarily releasing records, you know. But at, you know, a couple of years back, he he came was a project with um, Tommy T. Yeah, uh, who's a guy from overseas and stuff. Yeah, like Sweden, that. right? Norway. And he, uh, oh, Norway. Yeah, that's he, right. Yeah. With, yeah, we, we did a project <laughs> something that Tommy T was doing. Mike Suit came and rapped. So this was a couple of years back, but other than that, that was the last time I saw him. So, you know, I'm not sure. Ah, man, I, I thought but for sure. Dude is dope, though. Oh, I man, I thought for sure he was going to go. I mean, like from that time period, like that was one of my favorite. And I know you did a lot of production for him and for Guess Wild at the time. And yeah. man, I, I thought for sure he was going to go. I, I remember calling Matt Fingers when I was in uh, college. I, there was some record that came out like a double 12 inch that only came out in Japan. And I called him. I think I bought it directly from him or I don't know, something like that, man. I just, I was a huge Mike Zoot fan. I'm just surprised he hasn't popped his head up like, you know, in the past five to 10 years yeah. with just like a, 
I don't know, vinyl reissue or, you know, some of his past work or something. I don't know. Yeah, it's hard to call, man. I mean, you know, as you go through life and you all know this, you know, each of us, you know, and I mean, I guess it, it is unrealistic in one sense to think that like, you know, because when we when we were coming out of the time, like as you start to uh, grow older and different things come, people may have kids or different like lives, our lives definitely change. You know what I mean? Sure. And oh, I yeah. don't know his particular, his, can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't know his particular story, you know, with, with where has his life been. You know what I mean? But, you know, he's definitely, I haven't seen him on the, the music scene, but hopefully, brother, because he's definitely one of the dopest, man. I, I love right. working with him. So. I'm, just, I'm going to put that on the ether. Maybe maybe something will come back. You never know. <laughs> Sean, when the For last sure. time you sure. chopped it up with High Tech? Hi, oh, man, uh, I was with High Tech uh, last April. Not when, Okay, not the April that just passed, but um, a year and a half ago, basically. Okay. Uh, we went out to, Kelsey and I, we, Black Star, they were out at in Cincinnati, the Cincinnati Funk Fest. And mm. so I called High Tech. I was like, yeah, we're going to come out here. Because, you know, I hadn't seen um, Mose or Talib in a while, and even High Tech. So I was like, you know what? We're like the four originals from the Black Star album, right. you know? So mm. I was like, I know three of them are going to be there, so I need to make an effort to go. <laughs> so we flew out there, um, you know, saw, so I saw him, you know, a little bit over a year and a half ago, but you know, he he's still he, dude. I mean, high tech. You know, we we both know him. High tech is just amazing. He's a model, you know, so no it's doubt. Like, um, he's and and I'm super proud of him because he basically took not just East Coast, but he went West. You know, working oh, yeah. with Gray and Snoop and all. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So. But um, we need an in depth. Yeah, I mean, sure, Sean, we need an in depth man. When you, when you when you you and Kelsey kick up the podcast, we need an in depth high tech man. Make that happen, dude. We need that. You need a what? Oh yeah. We yeah, need the yeah. in depth with yeah, high tech. Yeah. He, he hasn't been on any any of the any of the like recent podcasts in the past couple of years that I know of. He's been pretty quiet. Mm-mm. Yeah, no. Nah, high tech personality wise, high tech is just he's cool. He's just like you know, and he just. I, high tech is just that that guy that's go you know he go keep pounding out the beats on you man you know what I mean but it just it's just his personality is like laid back like that but that's what's up you know I know hopefully yeah. man if I talk to him I'll mention to him this maybe you could get the interview first you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome <laughs> look look Sean he's gonna yeah, t- he's so. gonna talk to you before he talks to us my absolutely brother, so. <laughs> <laughs> no even true <laughs> <laughs> well you all uh, you all a little bit further along we're still gonna you know. Scrapes by knees a little bit on that podcast and kind of get that whole thing. So you all are more, you all are veterans. I'm going to definitely reach out to you all for some <laughs> advice. Hey man, advice for sure. Any, anytime, anytime. No question. Sean, anything else you want to say, Thank man, you. or get off your chest, or you know, tell people where to go to support, or how do you want to wrap this thing up? Yeah, man? Um, yeah I mean the, the Instagram. That's that's mainly where I'm at. So it's Sean J. Period S H A W N J and Period spelled out music. Um, Instagram, you know, I'm on the other uh, social media site, but that's the main one I'm really yeah. focused on. Other than that, man, you all cover like a great ground, you know. Um, so now I don't want to add anything to it, man. Just really well, cool. appreciate the opportunity to well, speak with you all. I, I noticed you have a, an Instagram account for Drumstack started. I know you haven't really launched yet, but there's a, there's an Instagram account for Drumstacks, right? Yeah, definitely. I haven't I haven't done the first post because. I wanted it to be kind of the launch thing. And it's interesting because you mentioned Peter Guffin. I did an interview with him, and that was when I first started talking about it. Yeah. So that was some years ago. Mm-hmm. So this thing has been evolving, and you'll see me wear the shirts everywhere. Like, yeah, that's my not, shirt. That's yeah I noticed that. Yeah, I'm repping it, you know, because yeah. I figured, like, I'm not going to get – I am 
the one that's promoting the brand. So it's just a silent promotion, you know what I mean? And, and also testing out the material to see how many times I can wash it to make sure that those, <laughs> when I start doing merch and stuff like that, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it, it's kind of a dual thing, but um, it'll have the first post once I launch and then, you know, we'll, we'll develop from there. Okay. okay, cool. All right. When, when you get ready to launch, man, let's have you like, let's have you on the mix show or something and we can help you roll it out, you know, what that week or whatever, you know, just let us know how we can help, man. Oh, man. So I would definitely appreciate it, man. Really appreciate you all. This, all right. And the interview, the type of questions you asked were like, like, dude, when you pulled out the Beastie Boys thing, I was like, oh, these boys. Like, <laughs> 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 you, you definitely went, to, went somewhere with that. For sure, we try, man. I I didn't want to get caught up in um, you know, just all all, all the kind of typical stuff, um, you know, because you I noticed you were on Beat Society, um, you know what I think at the top right. of this year, and obviously Peter did his thing, and I was hoping we could do something a little different. So I hope we didn't bore you, man. Oh no, not at all, man. I'm totally just. I mean, you all and and don't take the words I say lightly about why why you all are attracting who you are. You know what I mean? Your love and your passion for it. You know what I mean? Isn't attractive for people. So you know, that's what I want to leave with you all. Like, the, you know, right. to encourage you all, you know, of what you're doing, the value of what you're doing. You Thank know? you. Right. Thank you, man. For sure. All right, Sean J. Sean, period. we appreciate you, man. Thanks for taking the time to talk with us. Thank you, my dude. Yeah, you too. Thank you all, man. Appreciate you. We'll all be right. in touch. All right. Peace. All right, peace. Peace. All right, there you go. Just some OGs doing OG shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> you little young bucks, bow down. <laughs> you live long enough, you'll get to this status. You know what I'm saying? It's a hard road, but it's fair. You know what I mean? Pull your goddamn pants up. You know what I mean? This is Southern Vanguard Radio I DJ. I just talked with Natalie. I just talked with my wife about pulling your pants up shit today. The pants fit and they're still fucking selling. The pants fit now. They skinny and they, they still hanging off your ass. How? How? I have a good excuse because I don't have an ass, but hey. Shit, the <laughs> women at my job tell me I ain't got no ass either. I be like, that's all right, bitch. It's all in the front. Hey, this is Southern Vanguard Radio, man. Twice a week, Meeks. Twice <laughs> a week, John Doe. No cappuccino, Meeks. Sean J. Period, y'all. What? No We doubt. are the guard. <laughs> I got this dick. Peace. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>